We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The hottest next tape you'll find online. Next all day. We bleed blue and orange. This is Knicks Fan TV, your one-stop shop for the ultimate New York Knicks fan experience. News, rumors, debates, post-game live streams featuring live callers. Let's go Knicks, baby! And now, your host, CP, the NY Fanatic. On this Thursday afternoon... Another special edition of Knicks Fan TV Live presented by KnicksFanTV.com. We are uh, three weeks away from the NBA trade deadline, man. So we're going to talk about some of the latest NBA trade rumors with Michael Scotto from HoopsHype.com. But we got to talk about this breaking news first, Al, because just crossing over the newswire is that one Mitchell Robinson is out at least three weeks with a fractured thumb, had successful surgery yesterday. Knicks reporting that he's out three weeks, man, and couldn't come at a worse time for the Knicks as they, you know, lost again last night to the Washington Wizards, lost two in a row. Tough schedule upcoming, facing the Hawks, facing the Raptors. They have games next week against the Cavaliers, the Nets, the Celtics. Schedule gets a little gritty here, closing in January. And um, look, obviously, this is going to, Hurt them as far as rim protection, their offensive rebounding, second chance points, the way they navigate pick and roll coverages, Mitch being that that safety valve on the back end. It's going to hurt them, man. It, it's definitely going to hurt them. Um, what's your thoughts on this right now, Al? No Mitchell Robinson for three weeks. It's concerning, as you talked about, defensive-wise. You know, he's our rim protector. He's a safety valve. Without him... I hope we get to see a lot of Jericho Sims because he's got the athleticism we saw last night. Hopefully Tibbs sees that Hartenstein is not the defensive presence Oof. that we need in the starting rotation. Yeah, he's been brutal. Uh, <laughs> it is what it is, man. He's uh, he's more of an offensive big than a defender. So Jericho Sims, I hope he's ready, and I hope Tibbs sees that. He's the guy that needs to take up most of Mitch's minutes while Mitch is on the mend. Yeah, and, and Michael, you were at the Garden on Wednesday night covering the Knicks versus the Wizards. Uh, how, do, how do you react to this Mitchell Robinson news? Well, you know, I'm going to zig. Uh, well, you guys zig. I'm going to zag. I'd like to see some more Obi Toppin there, personally. I was just going to say that, Because my thought process is you go a little – like, I think Jericho Sims is certainly going to get more minutes, no question about it. And, and 
you know, you guys touched on it from a defensive aspect for sure. Uh, Jericho Sims, in a way, is plays a lot like Mitchell Robinson. He's going to block shots, a rim roller type, doesn't need the ball on offense, um, does a lot of the dirty work. Isaiah Hartenstein, more of a guy that's going to look to stretch the floor at times, like uh, you guys touched on, offensive-minded. Um, more in, in, in L.A. with the Clippers, you saw him uh, a little bit – as a passing big, yeah, I think at this point for the Knicks, they've flirted with the in the past Julius Randle and Obi Toppin together in the front court. Interesting mix there. I think it gives them more offensive versatility. Um, for me personally, I'd like to see it. I've always thought, you know, when Obi's had a chance to play more minutes, he's responded well. If you think back to last year when Julius was out towards the end of the year. Um, he had sometimes he had like five games at the end of the year where he was getting 30 minutes a game and he responded well. And I think for the Knicks, in a way, you need to see more of what Obi Toppin can do for you because looking ahead, you've got to figure out what you're going to do with him. And they, they did it with Emmanuel quickly as well. You got to give these guys minutes, see what they can give you, if they're going to be part of your long-term future or not, because you have to pay them eventually as well. And what is a good range for them? You're not going to know unless you play them. I mean, obviously, you know, there, there was some – rumbling out there. I, f- I forgot who reported it elsewhere, but somebody had mentioned that maybe the Pacers had some mm-hmm. interest in him. Well, if you want other teams to have interest in him, you got to play him. So I-, I think for the Knicks, it's a good opportunity to do that. They're certainly going to miss Mitchell Robinson's defensive ability. Uh, you know, he's a human fly swatter for them yeah. uh, and a good rebounder at that at his size. Um, so I think for now, the best bet would be to play Jericho at that spot and then give some minutes as well to Obi Toppin to see more what he can do. Um, and you're looking at a minimum of three weeks. When, uh, this is one thing. When they say they're going to get reevaluated, he right. may need more time after that as right. well. It's mm-hmm. not a given. He's coming back in three weeks. And uh, the Knicks are going to have a tough second half of the season schedule coming up if you look at it. You alluded it to a little bit in the near future. But even looking further ahead, um, it, it's going to be tough for that. So the Knicks are really going to make their bones in the second half of the season. And then we're going to find out how good this team really is. Man, tough, tough loss. Just as this team was coming back together in full strength, uh, losing a pillar in their defense at the five, that's going to be a tough one. But, you know, we knew the deal coming in when we re-signed Mitchell Robinson that that the durability concerns were going to be there, you know, comes up with a, a knick-knack thumb injury, and, and now he's, he's going to be out for some time. But you hit the nail on the head. For me, I'm first off, I, w- I want to see Sims getting elevated to that five, although we'll see how Tibbs, Tibbs goes with it because the last time Mitchell Robinson was out, uh, Tibbs did kind of balance it out. You know, some some games Sims started, some games Hartenstein started, depending on the matchup. I do hope he goes that route. But that was also their stretch that we saw Mitchell, uh, Julius Randle and Obi Toppin playing some, some minutes together, especially in crunch time. So let's see if the Knicks go back to that because, as you said, Obi needs more minutes to be productive on this team. Last night he got 12 minutes, zero points. Other nights he's getting single-digit minutes off the bench as, as Tibbs is tight in this rotation. You're just not going to get much from him in, in those minutes, man. You got to lengthen the minutes for this kid. And I think the guards have to, absolutely have to do a better job of just getting him involved because right now this bench needs his production. You can't just rely on quickly to get it done. They they gotta get it they gotta get it done for Moby as well. Yeah, and look, without like when you don't have I mean, I don't it's just things because this is where you t- you taught you said to CP where we're gonna see the Knicks come back healthy. It was finally we got RJ back, we got Brunson back, you know, and now 
how we're going to see what this cohesive unit could do and see, get to like a true measuring stick. We got Boston next week, right? We got Philadelphia coming up soon. You're going to have Miami for most of the uh, rest of the second half of the season. These are guys that are uh, competing for a playoff position, play-in position, and this could be detrimental. Now, you mentioned that uh, Tibbs has balanced Hartenstein and Jericho Sims. After last night, man, especially when you saw when the final minutes of the game, he didn't even go to Hartenstein after Jericho Sims fouled out. Yeah. And Sims right. played most of the game after after Mitch went out. I hope this is, you know, the turning point where Tibbs is not just doing it because whatever politics are maybe because Hartenstein's the new signing, but actually talent-wise, when you just watch it, I mean, Sims just covers so much ground, man, whether it's on the perimeter, being able to switch. That's the type of stuff that you need if you want to continue to have the, you know, the the defense that Tibbs likes to roll out there. So if you're, if I'm Tibbs and I'm being realistic and you're not going to have Sim, if you're not going to have Mitch, you got to have Sims out there. Now for Obi and, and, and Randall, you know, that's what you talked about when Mitch was out. I'm curious to see how that's going to be utilized because we're going to have some big lineups too that they got to face. Right. And it doesn't make yeah. sense if we're going to go against some teams with, with true rim protectors or dynamic centers, but you know, like when you play up against Cleveland, do I really want to see a small ball yeah, lineup? Towers. No, Tibbs ain't but, going. You know, Tibbs ain't going. But, <laughs> I know that for a fact. Yeah. But when you think about what he said last night, where they have a lot of depth at center, he also noted Julius Randle as one of the fives that he has to for for rebounding presence. I'd like to see that actually utilized rather than just being spoken. But to be fair, Obi missed some time as well. But. I would like to see how they can finally get those guys going, play, being utilized together, because for some spurts, you can go against teams that are going to play big by just trying to run out and transition. And that was something the Knicks were strong at the beginning, the beginning of the season, and they kind of stopped that. They've been doing a lot of half-court offense. Maybe it's time to move away from this isolation-heavy basketball, get back to moving the rock, and having these guys run out and transition. Yeah, they definitely got to get out there and run, man. Um, and, and we're talking to Michael Scotto of HoopsHype.com. So to everybody in the chat, once again, let's get those likes up. Hit that thumbs up button for you boys. Uh, Michael, on the trade front, you know, Cam Reddish's name has come up as, as the most likely candidate to be traded. Uh, what are you hearing so far as terms of, in terms of destinations and anything in return? What, what are you hearing thus far on, on Cam? I mean, as far as Cam, I had touched on previously on hoops. I, the Knicks were hoping to get two second-round picks for him. Now that uh, asking prices dropped a little bit, as Mark Stein reported on his Substack, didn't surprise me. But uh, at the same time, you know, obviously the Lakers have been consistently calling and checking in, um, but they have a lot of different options out there as well across the board and across the league. Um, they're obviously an active team in that regard. Uh, Milwaukee was a team that touched on him. Uh, and I think some of that was a little bit of due diligence. So to me, I'll say this, CP, I think Cam's got to go to a team that's more of a rebuilding team that's going to give him a chance to play through mistakes and get consistent minutes uh, to really see what he can be. If you talk to people around the league, whether it's executives or scouts, they'll always say, well, he's the most naturally talented guy on a team usually. Um, but it hasn't translated to consistency. I mean, this year he shot the ball better than he has overall. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's from, from the get-go, it, it never seemed like Cam Reddish and Tom Thibodeau clicked. No. Uh, and at that point, once that happened, I, I think for the Knicks, at this point it's almost like a, a sunken cost. You're not going to get back a first-round right. pick for Cam Reddish at this point. You know that. Um, 
And, I, and I'll say this. I don't think it matters necessarily. Like, if you're getting a guy back, I think you're more, if anything, trying to recruit a, a draft asset. Because whoever you get now, you talked about it earlier. That Knicks rotation is tightened by head coach Tom Thibodeau. So who's going to come in right now and really have an impact? I think that's going to be a question. You know, Evan Fournier was out for a while. Uh, I joked that he was in the witness protection program because we hadn't seen him for about 20 games. <laughs> And then he came back and uh, looked a little rejuvenated there. So, I, I mean, I think that's the, the real question. Even if you, if you are going to move Reddish, who are you going to get back that's probably on an expiring contract at yeah. that point? Because I don't see them necessarily wanting to take back a guy that's got money owed down the line, um, unless it's for a notable rotation guy. Um, at that point, the Lakers certainly have plenty of guys on expiring contracts to get that done. Um, and, you know, I'm curious to see, you know, if their second-round pick maybe would, you know, mean more to the Knicks than some other teams if they can get it. There's a lot of haggling going on across the league right now. But, you know, make no mistake, Cam Reddish is the clear number one trade target for the Knicks right now. Um, that likely, you, you would assume, would not be back after the trade deadline. And I, I just think at this point it's, it's best for both sides. So, Michael, like you mentioned that rebuilding teams would probably be the type of environment that would be suitable for Cam Reddish. Well, we've heard the Lakers, the Milwaukee Bucks, and now based on Mark Stein's report, the Dallas Mavericks. Is there another team that we're not seeing then? Because the rebuilding team sounds more like, you know, the Orlando Magic, Houston Rockets. Are one of those teams uh, another destination for Cam that may not be out there right now? Yeah, I mean, again, that's my that's my personal opinion. I think for Cam, it would be best suited for him, but you know, as you touched on, the teams that are interested, like even Dallas, I, I think Dallas is it, – it almost like raised an eyebrow for me because, yeah, I could see the Knicks wanting Reggie Bullock back. That was a Tom Thibodeau favorite. But right. if you're the Mavericks and you're kind of trying to win now with Luka um, and you potentially, if anything, you know, they've been linked to Boyan Bogdanovich. I've touched on them having interest in him. That's a win-now guy. Um Reddish kind of surprised me with them a little bit. I think it's a little bit of due diligence in some ways. I'm not saying he doesn't end up there, but it, but it definitely surprised me a little bit when I I saw um, them being linked to him. The Lakers, it's pretty simple. It's it's the clutch family. I mean, mm -hmm. let's just mm -hmm. you know call it what it is. Um, and as far as you know, other teams out there, I mean, like Milwaukee. Well, for Milwaukee, they want some length and defensive versatility, which he can provide. And he's got some young upside, which they don't necessarily have a ton of on that team. Uh, you look at that roster, you know, maybe a guy like a Jordan Nawara, sure. But for the most part, they're a veteran team. He, he would give them at least a little bit of upside looking ahead. And, you know, when you're surrounded by Giannis and other really good players, maybe they think that he can um, expand on some of that potential that he's had there. So uh, that's my thought on that. But to me, I think for Cam to play through mistakes, to get the most minutes that he could possibly have, it would be best yeah. to go to a rebuilding team. Um, the question is, are those teams going to look to, you know, if they have some young wings, do they think Cam Reddish is worth it more at this point? Like, Cam's decently into his career now. So at a certain point, the potential, the upside card is going to get worn out. out at a certain yeah. point. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's nearing mm -hmm. sooner or later that he has to – Put it together. And, and I think for him, you know, this is the second team. You get a third chance. It's almost like, in a way, a little bit of a make or break for his career looking ahead. 
Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think maybe in this situation, you know, I've been I've been trying to just really try to understand from different people I talk to, like how this kid went from starting some games to being in the rotation to being an absolute zero. But I, I think you you hit it on the head. I just don't think Tibbs has the patience to allow him to play through his mistakes, to eat up minutes. At the same time, Tibbs is trying to win. He wants to tighten up his rotation. I just think they, the, the two sides were going in two different directions since he's been here, which is why I didn't think that the trade made much sense. The Dallas... Well, CP, real yeah, quick. Got, when, got, when, when they took him out of the rotation, right, and the Knicks weren't doing as well, you know, you started to hear a little bit of rumbling about... Uh, I think like Ian Begley had reported it on SMY. There was a little bit of noise about Tom Thibodeau and, you know, what could be for his future. And at that point, you notice... Okay, he goes to guys that he values. My, um, Deuce McBride, defensive guy. Yeah. And I, I think you kind of saw the shift a little bit. Quentin Grimes goes into the starting lineup. Now, two reasons. One, Tibbs was always a Quentin Grimes guy, even yeah, from when he was a time. rookie. Big and Tibbs don't like rookies yep. normally. So that, to me, spoke volumes. And two, you didn't put him in the Donovan Mitchell trade. So you better yeah. start that guy in play. Yeah. He's got to give production. So I think at that point, it just made more sense. And again, Tibbs and Cam just never clicked. And after that Dallas game, that was it. Witness protection. Out of there, man. Absolutely out of there. And you talked about teams needing uh, length and defensive versatility. Well, there's a team that needs that right now, and they are called the New York Knicks. But let's run through some of these targets that that have been linked to the Knicks and just, you know, let me know what you think, what you're hearing. I mean, Gary Trent Jr. from Toronto, Malik Beasley from Utah. We have Zach Levine. Uh, Then you have your vets, your Eric Gordons, your Jay Crowders of the world. What are you hearing in terms of the market for those guys? All right, let's start with uh, let's start with Zach because he's probably the biggest name. Yeah. Um, you know the Knicks have been monitoring Zach because he's the type of guy that they feel is like a star kind of player. They've been once they didn't get Donovan Mitchell, mm. their whole thing has been looking. You know who's the next star that's going to become available because mm-hmm. they certainly have the draft capital to get it done. Chicago's underwhelmed so far this year. However, uh, against some of the good teams, they have a good record. So in their eyes, they they don't see themselves as you know, sinking like the Titanic as everybody else around the league. Um, I'm curious, if anything, if they're going to try to maybe buy more now. Because in talking with Casey Johnson, uh, the Bulls inside, we recently had him on our Hoopside podcast, and he was almost mentioning it that way. I know they're trying to resist moving Pat Williams and Alex Caruso. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Vooch was in trade talks a little bit over the summer. Uh, you heard his name floated out there with Rudy Gobert. Him being a free agent, I thought that would have been interesting. Uh, you know, DeMar, they love DeMar. I think ultimately with Zach, when he was struggling in the beginning of the year, there was a little bit of a worry there. Now mm-hmm. it seems like he's kind of rounded into form. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's a little less likely, but obviously the Knicks and other teams certainly have him on their radar. Uh, you touched on Malik Beasley and, and Gary Trent Jr., uh, Malik Beasley is a guy that certainly with Utah, because of his salary, is, is going to be talked about in a lot of trade talks. Um, previously, you know, over the summer, I think he was in talks with the Lakers. You know, when, when the whole uh, Boyan Bogdanovich thing was going down, was he going to go uh, for Russell Westbrook and, and whatnot when they were trying to move him? Um, you know, I think there was some noise recently that Mark Stein had put out about maybe Atlanta. Uh, he's from Atlanta. I just didn't know if I saw that because with uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich, 
Uh, didn't really make sense to have those guys there. Now, if Bogdan got moved, then maybe that'd be a different story. But I actually interviewed Malik earlier this season, and he, he told me directly on the record, he wants Utah to pick up his option, mm. uh, his team mm. option for next year. He loves it there. He's the top three-point shooter in the league off the bench in terms of makes and a potential three-point contest participant, uh, depending on how things shake out. I think for Utah, um, his salary makes him movable. I, yeah. I don't know if anybody's banging the door down to get him at this point, but he certainly had an improved season compared to last year. I think he's cleaned up his image as well a little bit, uh, which has been important to him. He talked about wanting to be in the community assist award uh, mm-hmm. running. And with Gary Trent Jr., um, look, I touched on this at Hoopside dating back to the G League Showcase. And when you talk to any executive around the league, the number one trade candidate for the Toronto Raptors is Gary Trent Jr. because mm-hmm. uh, most people think he's going to opt out this summer and that he could be in a, a guy that's in the $20 million range given his mm-hmm. shooting ability and his age. Remember, this guy's young. Yeah. Uh, I don't think a lot of people realize how young he is still. Um, and for Toronto, they've, if they're going to keep the score as is, they're going to eventually have to pay Pascal Siakam. Fred Van Vliet is going to become an unrestricted free agent this summer. And you've also got OG Ananobi who's coming up uh, down the road as well if you want to keep him. A lot of people interested in OG Ananobi for his two-way ability uh, on offense and defense. I think, Gary, it'd be tough to kind of match the salaries at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, essentially, you know, you would have to be giving out a pick for down the line. Do you want to give up a first-round pick for Gary Trent? I don't know if you want to do that and then have to, you would have his, uh, the ability to, you know, his rights and things like that to keep him. But why not just wait till the summer if you have the cap space? So I think that kind of limits his market a little bit there. Um, And and you touched on Jay Crowder and I think, who was the other guy? Eric Gordon. Eric Gordon. Okay. Uh, With Houston, with Eric Gordon, I would say that for them, uh, there has been more of a willingness than ever before to move Eric Gordon. Mm -hmm. Uh, The asking price is still high. I don't think necessarily they're going to get a first-round pick for Eric Gordon. Uh, if they were, I think it would have been last year when he was shooting the ball really well. Um, you know, K.J. Martin maybe could be packaged with him in, in a lot of talks. I mm. certainly could see that. Look at the Phoenix Suns. That's uh, a potential possibility for the both of them there in a three-team trade uh, that's been talked about at ad nauseum. And uh, Jay Crowder, I think for Jay Crowder, you know, we had touched on this a little bit in our our hoops hype notebook uh, the other day and our capologist Yossi Goslin touched on it. Um, oh, excuse me, Frank Urbino, uh, when he was doing the free agent stock watch. And mm. I agree with this assessment, which was, I think he's kind of hurt his stock in the sense that mm. you could have been on a team. I, I understand you're maybe not thrilled that Cam Johnson took your spot as a starter. I get that. But when you're on a team that's on paper coming into the year as a title contender, especially now with Cam being out all this time, you would have been playing anyway, probably starting. At worst, you would have been probably splitting the minutes with Cam Johnson. They're two totally different players. You know, it makes people question, well, what's the objective here for Jay Crowder? Is it about you in a contract here or is it about being on a title contender? Right. And, and at that point, that, that has raised some eyebrows with some executives around the league. He's been on different teams before, certainly, uh, a number of them at this point. So I think for him and his uh, trade you know, stock and whatnot, I think if they're going to move Jay, one, you may have to couple him with Landry Shamit to get a guy that's closer to maybe the $20 million range if they really want to swing for the fences. Mm. If you want to get Eric Gordon and K.J. Martin, you're probably going to have to go that high. Look at maybe using your picks as well. 
Um, but as far as with the Knicks, I hadn't heard as much chatter about uh, Jay with the Knicks. Um, Malik Beasley gets linked to the Knicks because Gerson Roses is in the fold mm-hmm. with the Knicks. And Gerson Roses was the guy who believed in Malik Beasley the most, quite frankly, in Minnesota, paid him the most okay. out of anybody. Yeah. And I, I could tell you this, while they were finalizing the deal with Minnesota, that's when the Knicks, Knicks called Knicks and expressed there. interest. I had yeah. written that on Hoop Cycle a while ago, mm-hmm. um, behind the scenes of when Malik Beasley ended up signing with Minnesota. So, you know, for Gerson Roses, that, that's the main, he's probably the number one Malik Beasley guy, I would argue, in the league. Mm-hmm. He certainly valued him mm-hmm. given the contract, and, and the Knicks have always been open to acquiring shooting. And... Uh, He's he's a young guy that theoretically would fit the core. I don't know how I don't know about an asking price though from from Utah because for them, obviously, they're looking at future draft capital, given their team, and um, they've got to decide if Malik is going to be a guy that they keep, whether it's with the team option or they try to do something else. Yeah, and, and we're talking would be a nice. Yeah, it would be a great pickup. I, I would love to have him. The contract is doable. You know, fifteen million plus a team option for for next season. So. It definitely fits, uh, but it doesn't seem like there's much of a wing market this year, Michael. It seems like it's more of the uh, two guard comp, two three combo guard. You know, you, you do have uh, uh, Collins out there from Atlanta, but it doesn't seem like there's any you know true wings out there on the market right now. I guess it depends if you think Karis Levert is that guy, okay, or you know, I I don't really necessarily consider Jay Crowder a wing. I think sometimes more he's a four at this point and a small ball kind of style. Um, and, yeah, like OG is kind of that two, three. It's not, it's not like a true – unless you want to get like Jalen McDaniels from Charlotte, you know, mm-hmm. but he's going to be an unrestricted free agent over the summer. So you then got to pay the guy as well. So – and to my understanding, Charlotte, you know, for them, this was a guy that was in the late second round that's been a hit for them. Yeah. And given their drafting, want to keep that guy. <laughs> so, uh, to me, I think that's uh, something that they got to look at, especially with the whole Miles Bridges situation. Right. You don't know how that's going to shake out, what the league is going to do, what he's going to make, um, you know, if, if he ends up coming back. So, a lot of balls in the air there in, in Charlotte. You know, it's interesting. Of all the teams, like, to me, if I'm the Charlotte Hornets, LaMelo Ball just got hurt the other night with his ankle again. Um if there was ever a time to sink the Titanic into the Pacific, boy, this was the year <laughs> for them with Victor Wembanyama out there, Scoot Henderson. They're not a team that's going to get a star in free agency. It's not yeah. happening. They yep. could do it through a trade or they could do it in the draft. You can get mid-level type of guys on that roster. But just given where they're at, given the fact that they drafted Mark Williams number one, uh, not number one, but th- with their first round first pick. First round pick, yep. Mark, mm-hmm. I think Mark Williams is really good. I don't know why he's been with the Greensboro Swarm. I'd be playing that guy. Nick Richards, you drafted a couple of years ago. He's showing some promise now. Mason Plumley, great veteran role player, probably better on a playoff team. Mm. I would see if maybe they can move him there. Kelly Oubre, are you going to pay him? Or is he a guy that's putting up numbers on a team that's not good? They've got, they've got a lot of guys at P.J. Washington. I had written about on Hoopsite after the uh, rookie scale extension deadline. Those guys were far apart. P.J. Washington was trying to get in the high teens to $20 million a year, and uh, Charlotte was somewhere around, I think it was 12 to $13 million a year. That's mm. a big gap. Yeah. So uh, to me, if I'm Charlotte, I'm working the phones uh, like a salesman at this point. To me, 
and, and, I, and I haven't necessarily heard that yet as much. Now, we got a few weeks till the deadline, but, you know, if I'm the GM and I'm not Mitch Kupchak, but if I was, I'd be dialing it up pretty feverishly. <laughs> and we're talking to Michael Scott on HoopsHype.com. Salutes everybody in the chat. Hit that thumbs up button for you boys. Uh, Al, go ahead and, um, and, and get to your question. So, Michael, you, you know, you, you've gone through the list of all the guys that other teams are up for, you know, potentially out there on the market. A guy that the Knicks have, you know, reportedly been uh, open to taking calls on is Emmanuel Quickly. What are your thoughts about Emmanuel Quickly being on the trade market right now? I just, well, I'll say this. For Quickly, like, if they could get a first-round pick for him, you could listen to it, certainly. It's, it's a decently high asking price. I think once he started for the Knicks, and I touched on it with Hoops Hype, that it certainly helped his value. Um, at the time, uh, previously, like, teams like Milwaukee had called. They were looking for an upgrade over George Hill, Javon Carter, doing some due diligence. Washington, when they were guard depleted, when DeLon Wright was down and other people, uh, they had checked in as well. Um, But now they've gotten him back. And at this point, I don't know if they're willing to give up a first for Emmanuel quickly. Um, If you're the Knicks and you could sell high and get a first, yeah, you consider it, no question. But I don't know. I don't think that's necessarily going to materialize. I think for them, the question is going to be, what do they think his value is and what is his agent think his value is. Because if, if you're looking at a guy like quickly, you know, somewhere in that mid-level-ish range that's like, you know, 10 million, you know, maybe 12 million a year, maybe you give him a little bit more because he's your own guy. Is that something the Knicks want to do? And is that something that quickly wants to do? Does he think he's worth more than that? Um, you also have to wonder, once they got Jalen Brunson, how did he feel about that? And in terms of his opportunity and production, he's still been given a decent role with the team. Um, so I, I think that's something he's got to decide for himself. Can he potentially go to a team and be a combo guard that's a six-man off the bench, or is he trying to vie for a starting role? Because that's not going to happen here with the Knicks. These are all things that Emmanuel quickly knows and has to figure out long-term, and, and he and the Knicks have to have uh, honest conversations behind the scenes. But if anything, I would say that once he started, he certainly helped his stock. Um, and I think for the Knicks, there's no reason to come off of if you're going to move him, you'd want a first-round pick at this point. Yeah, definitely. Is there any, yeah, go ahead, Al, go ahead. No, I was going to ask, like, outside, so do you think that, I guess, what other teams out of the ones that you mentioned right now would be a, a quickly candidate, or is that something that we'd have to wait until the offseason? Um, hmm. I think... If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. 
We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I guess you could wait till like the offseason. I'm curious what San Antonio does with Trey Jones. Um, I'm not sure like he'd be a fit. Uh, they'd be a fit for Emmanuel quickly, but like there's some teams out there that have like a younger guard. Um, you know, Minnesota, obviously with D'Angelo Russell, what are they going to do there? Um, because it, it just seems like they're far apart uh, in terms of what his value is. And if you don't trade him, you're going to lose his salary slot. Uh, you're not going to have a way to right. uh, replace him because with Gobert, Towns, and the rest of their team, financially, you're not recouping that, that, that same salary slot. So that's one reason you could see D'Angelo Russell moved at the deadline. Um, you know, certainly uh, D'Lo being rep by CAA, anybody that's, uh, you know, a CAA client will always, <laughs> for, for better or worse, whether it is warranted or not, they will always get linked to the Knicks. Ah, that's just how this, no deal, just how this goes. Okay. Um, you know, we saw it obviously with Isaiah Hartenstein over the summer. Yeah. So mm. it's just what it is, you know? So uh, D-Lo, that, that's my stance there. But I mean, look, I know quickly, quickly seems to be liked by a lot of Knicks fans, certainly. So I think if he was moved, they'd be a little bit upset. Um, I wonder how they feel now. It's funny. When I tweeted about, I know we're going a little off topic, but with, with the Kristaps Porzingis stuff from yesterday, um, my mentions and my quote tweets, and I do look at them, I don't always respond. Yeah. If I do, maybe it's in a DM, but I, I see it. I get a kick out of a lot of Knicks fans saying, bring him home. Oh, a Knicks ton. Fans like, bring him home. A He's ton. Too many. <laughs> <laughs> a ton, man. We 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 posted the 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 interview on Instagram, mm-hmm. and and we talked about uh, we 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 did react to his NBA.com interview as well. A lot of Knicks fans. Oh, let's let's look at the trade machine. Let's look at his contract. Bring him <laughs> bring him home. A lot of Knicks fans are leaving the light on for KP, man. I couldn't believe it. Absolutely couldn't believe it. Different scenario, you know. I I mentioned to them after the game, like, what have you thought of your career now? I left when he's like, that's a good question. You always like to hear that from a player yeah. first off. But it, it, even beforehand, so like with Stefan Bondi and I, we were chatting with him before the, the media scrum when mm. we all, uh, you know, put the cameras on and stuff. I just think he's grown from when he was a kid here, essentially. And I, I consider him a kid. When you're in your yeah. late teens or early, 20, or early 20s, you're a kid. Um, Different influences around him at the time. I think now, uh, 
a little different scenario there. And he and in a way, he talked about it. When he went to Dallas and it didn't work out, uh, it was a bit disappointing for him. And I think in a way, it, it was a humbling experience, certainly. Um, because on paper, you thought, this is the next coming of Nash and Nowitzki yeah. with Dallas. And it didn't pan out that way. He was hurt. Put up decent numbers. But, you know, in Washington, you're seeing more of the guy that, put up Knicks numbers when he was an all-star. Not the same guy necessarily on, in terms of like putback dumps. Right, and the you know, I don't think the he plays as recklessly. Yeah. Um, but even posting up-wise, I think he, his face-up game he's worked on in, in the mid-post, um, obviously shooting the three. Um, you know, this is a guy that I, I think as long as he stays healthy, um, he can opt out, and, and I think he could theoretically get a bag from Washington. They've got to they've got to try to keep him and Kuzma mm. to me, right? Because and I know there's been a lot of noise out there about Kuzma too, but if you're Washington, um, you just gave Bradley Beal a, a max extension. You pretty much gave him everything but ownership stake in the Nationals and the Capitals. So and he's got a no trade clause, <laughs> right? So you've got. I'm, I'm glad you got a laugh out of that one. It was good. <laughs> but, uh, you know, so you got him there. That's your core guy, Kyle Kuzma's had put up career numbers with, with the Wizards. And his role has been phenomenal. Uh, I don't know where he would go and get as big a role. Porzingis, same thing. They, they love him. Um, you've got your three. Can you get another core guy? That's why you saw Rui Hachimura out there. Um, you know, mm-hmm. future draft picks-wise, can they take that next step? I think, if anything, Washington's got to look to be a buyer. Right. Just because Rui's on the trade block, I don't consider that um, them being sellers. So a lot to monitor, certainly. But, uh, yeah, just with KP and the Knicks, man, it just looked like, uh, I don't know, man. It's like almost like when you break up with a girl and then you wonder, ah, maybe she wasn't as bad as, you know. <laughs> oh, man. Time is healing up the wounds, man. We were wounded back then, man, when they requested the trade, man. Badly. Yeah, wounded. I mean, listen, it was it was a lot. Uh, it was a lot behind the scenes, and he talked about it. it was a mess. Yeah, it was. It was. Yeah. There's no way around it. But I'll also say, if you want to get out, you got to make it. It's got to be a mess. That's just how it goes for an NBA yeah. player. Mm. Ask James Harden. He wrote the book on us. <laughs> true, true story. True indeed, man. We're, we're talking to Michael Scott of HoopsHype.com. So to everybody in the chat, once again, hit that thumbs up button for you boys. Let's go to the Discord and get Ari in here. Ari was at the game. He was styling and profiling behind Clyde. He was starting all, all night on Twitter, posting his content and whatnot. So, Ari, let, let's get you in here and uh, get your takes. What up? What up, Scott of? Sorry for Manhattan. We we chatted in, on Twitter before. Yes, uh, future future potential uh, hoopside podcast. This guy was a character. I loved Ari. Toxic, toxic man, toxic. <laughs> How's it like yeah, it is? Yeah. What's up, Ari? How are you? I'm good, man. I'm good. I was at the game yesterday. Um, I'm gonna take credit for putting Jericho Sims in the game. Uh, I was telling Tibbs all night put Sims in the game. Put Sims in the game. I was sitting right behind Breen. It took my fifth time to get him to put Sims in the game, but he finally put him in the game. Um, when when Julius Randle came out, me and like five guys behind me gave a standing ovation to Tibbs to put uh, Ob Toppin in the game. Um, so we're trying to do it. We're trying to do it. But um, listen, uh, love lo- love the content, Scott. Uh, you know this whole talk right now is just depressing to me, man, because it's like. 
oh, great, Tobias Harris, so we could win five games in the playoffs instead of uh, play, uh, take the series five games instead of getting swept and just pay the guy, you know, $37 million. It's really exciting to me, you know what I mean? Um, so I'm trying to sell, man. Is there any chance that, they, like, quickly, listen, man, if you give me an unprotected first-rounder, I would do it. I don't think you're going to get that Nobody's for him. Nobody's doing that. I hate to break your heart. Yeah, yeah I know, I know, I know. But he's he thought the advanced analytics love him, and, and you know, he, he actually plays both sides of the ball. I'd keep him. But is there, and like, is there any, like, do you see the Knicks, a successful trade deadline to me is if the Knicks don't trade any picks. Do you feel like at the end of the day they're going to trade some picks for a Zach Levine or for an, or, or another borderline or Kuzma or something like that? Or do you think they're going to keep the picks? Because... As long as they keep the picks, I don't care who we get, I'm fine. But um, I'm just I'm just paranoid that we're gonna trade the picks. And my second question to you is: Is there any chance that we trade in Julius Randle, bro? That those are my two questions. <laughs> oh, here we go. <laughs> those are my two questions. Thank you for the call, guys. Shout out to Ari, man. Shout out to Ari. Um, okay. I felt that last one coming. Let me let me start. Let me start with Julius Randle. We'll work backwards. So with Julius, I mean, this is a guy that's in the all-star conversation. I don't think, um, and I think somebody, I, I don't know if somebody had mentioned about maybe like Tobias earlier in yeah. the year that maybe there, it was an internal thought or something like that. The only way that would have worked was maybe, I'm thinking of the Knicks salaries. Theoretically, the only way that would have worked was Julius at the beginning of the year when he wasn't playing as good, but he's become an all-star. I don't, I don't necessarily see that. I don't think Julius Randle gets traded. Um, at this point, could something happen maybe down the line? You never know. Maybe in the offseason they, they, they see where they, you know, if they make the playoffs and they don't do well, then maybe you got to reevaluate things. Right now, my gut would tell me probably not. Uh, in terms of trading, Ari asked about, like, trading picks for Levine Kuzma and some other guys. Levine or Kuzma. I, I, I think for a while, I mean, Ari has been probably number one on the Kuzma bandwagon. I've seen this on, on Twitter. Um, <laughs> but I think when it comes to Kyle, I, I just, ideally, to, you know, Washington doesn't want to give him up. They don't. I think you're going to have to overpay to get Kyle Kuzma because mm. in Washington's eyes, they've got the money to pay him. You know, you got the rights. And it's like, at the same time, he's not going to have a bigger role really anywhere. Like Washington really empowers him. And I think they're yeah. banking on that. Like he talks about like, you know, where is going to be best for his development. If that's really what it's about and they could pay you, I don't see why you'd be going anywhere. So to me, that, that's where I'm at. I don't think as far as the Knicks moving picks, um, I don't think Zach Levine is Zach Levine's not readily available right now from Chicago. If that changes, maybe I'll reassess the thinking, but he's not readily available right now. So I don't see the Knicks giving up picks. Like if you're gonna give up those picks, you gotta be getting a star back. You wait down the line, I think, for over the summer, you see where teams are at because right now it's there's so much parity in the league. I know this is like what the league wanted, but it, it's also like, okay, now everybody's all bunched together. Everybody's afraid to make a move. And even the teams that are bad, like Charlotte, you know, all due respect, uh, Charlotte mm -hmm. and uh, Detroit, it's like, well, Detroit's like, well, well, we don't want to move Boyan Bogdanovich, you know? It's like, well, damn it. Like, <laughs> that, that is the, 
what is happening to the trade market? Yeah. Is my question. We got we got too much parity. So from from that aspect, Ari, I don't see the Knicks looking to dangle picks unless they're gonna get a star back. Now, you know, you tell me down the line if like a Carl Towns ever became available, then maybe I would, you know, rethink that one. You know what I'm saying? But that one, again, this is off-season stuff, guys. Off-season, not now. Not February 9th. We should have just got (laughs) Spider-Man. In conclusion, we should have just got Spider-Man. Oh, it's it's painful, man. It's tough. I was, I certainly, I mean, look. Yeah. I mean, simply put, yeah. yeah. Like, like the guy, isn't he like, to, I think Donovan's 25, 26, signed for the next three years at the minimum, then has a fourth-year option. Yep. Yeah. Wanted, I don't care what anybody says, he, he would have he came here. Like, he, yeah. he, he would have been happy to come here. And it didn't, it didn't happen. Now, yeah. you can make the argument, now, some people make the argument behind the scenes around the league, well, did Danny Ainge ever really want to trade him to the Knicks? Yeah. But I business mean, if, if you look at how marketing is playing, business. No, no, yeah, like but you know what? Nobody knew that Lowry marketing was going to be that good, and I don't think Danny Ainge and them knew that he was going to be that good. We've seen this before when he would play, you know, Euro Cup international competition. Yeah. Petition, he would kill it. I think they've given him the biggest role that he can have, and and, and it's worked out great for him. But anybody, I'm sorry, anybody, it's like, yeah, we knew he was going to put up these numbers. No, he couldn't. Cap. Major cap. Like, stop it. <laughs> yeah. And I like yeah. Lowry. Good player, good guy. You know, Probably most improved. I get most improved this year. Certainly in the conversation, no question. Yeah. But, you know, I don't know. Like, is somebody going to vote for, like, Shea Gilgis-Alexander because, like, he's, like, a uh, top five guard now right. coming off 20? You know, the, that, that most improved player vote, to me, always should be a guy that kind of came out of nowhere. Like, the year that, like, Brandon Ingram won, I was like, bro, he was the second pick. Yeah, right, second right, pick? right. What were you expecting? Yeah. I'd hope so. It is. Didn't John Morant win last season? That was the worst. <laughs> I even John Morant was like, I don't need this. Yeah, right. He's in John Morant's like, you want to give me MVP? All right, I'll look at that down the line. Give John Morant was Brooks. more pushing for like Dylan Brooks, Jaron Jackson, yeah. the defensive player of the year. And I love John Morant about that. Wonderful teammate. Have a hype man. Have somebody hype you up like John Morant hypes up his Grizzlies teammates. No question. Hey, just means that uh, it should go to Jalen Brunson, man. That, that, that's what it means. Jalen Brunson every, for Worth MIP. every penny and more, I, I will say that. Uh, and uh, a lot of people mm-hmm. a lot of people thought certainly he got more than people thought he would get on a free agent market. And some wondered if maybe he if, if they overpaid for him slightly. He's been worth every penny and more. Yeah. Definitely in the all-star uh, conversation. And um, the biggest thing I could say about Jalen Brunson, he is a winning basketball player. He just no does question. things on the floor. High IQ, uh, competes every night, wants to be here. Um, I, you know, for the Knicks, really couldn't ask more um, of a guy that you were targeting. But yeah, I think if they had Donovan Mitchell, I think the Knicks would be certainly, uh, you know, n- it wouldn't even be a question of whether they'll eventually be a playing team or not. Um, they would certainly, in my opinion, be top six. That said, I do think the East, I would have put them. Right there with like Cleveland outside the top mm. four. Mm. 
um, you know, we'll we'll see what the uh, what the future holds, fellas. We shall see what the future holds, man. And another question I got is, how did Ari bypass our uh, security screening in the Discord? TM, we got to work on our security parameters, man. How oh, he went Ari, straight to the VIP? He went straight to the oh, he VIP. Went to the line, right? And, and, and unmuted his mic. We've got security protocols for this type of thing. We got call screeners for this type of thing. We got to figure out how Ari got the VIP, man. Who We, we got to check his permissions and his privileges on the Discord, man. You know, well, the guy did that to me uh, the other he did that to me earlier this week. I was like, yeah. what? <laughs> oh, man. You know, I mean, listen, he's a day one listener. That's my guy. He is VIP on this show. We do, you know, we do allow him some leeway. This is a family show, but we, we let him go off when he wants to go off. But, you know, we, we got to look into that, man. We got to keep this thing tight. But uh, Michael, man, definitely appreciate the time. You know, very last minute you, you jumped on it and shared some time with us. So we definitely appreciate it. Three weeks away from the deadline, man. If the Knicks make any moves, we'd love to have you back on, man. Sure thing. Always happy to chat and rap. Um, you know, my pleasure in joining you guys. And I've seen you obviously do stuff with Beggs, uh, Fred Katz, aka Fredo, Fredo Katz. Uh, that's an inside. That's an inside joke with yeah. all my guys. I'm gonna check about that. I love Fred. I do, but we don't always joke with him. Sometimes I'll call him Frederick as a joke. But, um, you know, always good seeing those guys at the arena. And, and yeah, man, look, you know, the Knicks certainly all eyes are going to be on Cam Reddish heading into the trade deadline. Um, and I think looking ahead towards maybe more of the off season when his contract would be uh, essentially uh, expiring at that point would be Evan Fournier. So mm. you know, the Knicks are always going to have some flexibility and options, but you know we'll certainly wrap again. Um, going to take some some calls here in a little bit but it was a pleasure joining you guys we'll certainly do it again absolutely man and for you people in the chat follow him at mike a scotto two t's on twitter and hoops hype like the lotto like the lotto <laughs> and hoopshype.com man maybe one day the knicks will hit the lotto and be a good team all right man we'll see you guys on friday <laughs> peace <laughs>